Hello, Diana. Hello, Lisa. Uh, welcome back to Should We? Welcome back. What do we nor What do we say? <laughs> uh, we have like a tagline. Remember? Ooh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it is. <laughs> um, uh, creative conversations about the everyday choices that, that make, make us. us. <laughs> <laughs> a minute. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really nice phrase, a really nice way to describe um, what has happened. A minute. Like, I mean, in some ways, it was like a minute. Mm-hmm. For our podcast listeners, there could be people out there who listened to the last episode before this, and then they listened to this one. And so there's literally a minute yeah. in between. They could be binge listening. Totally. I I approve of binge listening. Yeah, and we noticed that we've had a lot more listeners lately on just the last episode. Yeah. We're not sure if they're robots. Yeah, right. Okay, so if you are a listener who who just started listening with the last episode of season three, um, and you remember like how you got there like how you found us why you started listening please um write to us and let us know that you're a real human and you meant to listen and like what did you think yeah and like like how did you find us what Um, should we do (laughs) yeah so you can write to us at hi at should we dot co we would appreciate that um, because otherwise, we're mostly just assuming you must be a robot or something. Yeah, or we're suddenly really famous. It's, yeah. it's very fun to exist in the, the middle ground between they may be robots or we may be secretly famous. Anything could be true. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have been working on this podcast for like a few years or something, like a while, mm-hmm. like mo- more than a minute. Yeah. And we have tried a lot of different ways to grow our audience. We've like worked hard at it. Like only a sort of hard. Only sort of hard. There was like a period of time where we were like, what if we had a huge audience? How about Instagram ads? Yeah, how about Instagram <laughs> ads? Um, nothing worked, right? Mm-hmm. You were kind of in charge of like growth. Yeah, you know, <laughs> ads inside of podcast apps sort of worked, but you know, then we decided this podcast is mainly for us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was like, wait a sec- we we started out in season one with like, this is an experiment. We're only going to do it if it feels fun. We'll see where it goes, and we don't ever promise that we'll make another episode beyond the one we're making. Um, we ventured very far from that. We went big. We were like, I don't know, what if this is like the whole thing? Mm-hmm. The what if this is our business? What if this is our everything? Yeah. Um, so we're kind of back at the beginning mm-hmm. to experiment. But the ridiculous thing is that in this like minute that in our in It's our, been it's been six months. Yeah. So it's yeah. been six months since we've recorded or published an mm-hmm. episode. We've done nothing with the podcast. And there was a huge spike in listeners. This feels unfair. 
it feels totally unfair. It's completely unlinked. I wish the effort always led to impact, but sometimes doing nothing is the best thing you can do. Yes, yeah, sometimes just lying down, being in denial about the fact that you're <laughs> procrastinating and you haven't set expectations with your listeners is like exactly what you need to do to drum up interest. Exactly. So don't listen to that's not advice. <laughs> Nothing we ever say is advice. I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been weird. Um, should we explain ourselves? Great question. I mean, in this case, I like the idea of thinking about our role models and the divas we look up to. And I'm like, would Beyonce feel like she has to explain herse- herself? I don't think she would even ask herself that question. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what she really feels in her Mm -hmm. heart, but like, I mean, she doesn't lately explain herself. She just like drops tracks. Yeah. Just drops them. Focuses on being her best self. Yeah. And she's just like, here you go. So we're thinking of doing that. But if you want to know what's been up. It'll reveal itself over however many episodes we record. Yeah. So uh, um, also our last episode was like, should we change everything? That theme continued. There was a lot of change. Um, Is there anything else you want to say about whether we should explain ourselves? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Diana... Uh, is there anything else you would like to talk about on this episode? I mean, it's totally up to you. We, if you want, we could stop here. (laughs) Yeah, the end. The end. Bye. Thank you to all our supporters. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Women's Audio Audio Mission. Mission. (laughs) We're trying this new thing, which is just micro episodes. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Bye. Um, No, there's some big news. Uh, I am pregnant. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel so excited about that. How do you feel about it? Oh, really excited. I mean, I really, really want to have kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, this was on purpose. Yeah, it was very much by design. <laughs> um, highly intentional. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i really excited about it. I have to say that I'm over halfway along and it still doesn't really feel real. Um, I mean, the, the little guy is kicking right now, so it feels like pretty real. But I mean, he's also like less than a pound, <laughs> you know. Well, there's an aspect of realness that has been relevant in at least for me in terms of past things like it's not really real unless it's on the internet right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unless the internet knows and the internet hasn't known until this very moment this very moment this is a big reveal um yeah I mean I think that I passed the point where people start telling people and I like told people at work and I started telling people when I saw them and then you know my belly started telling people for itself um but I've not really been on the internet at all for the past six months either. This has been like a a hard break for me. Um, not hard as in difficult. It's actually been pretty easy. But like hard as in I stopped everything uh, on the internet for like half a year. So I, I, 
I felt like it would be both uh, dramatic and kind of awesome as well as uh, a little unfair to come back and be like, BTW. (laughs) (laughs) Why unfair? Well, I think that I have this philosophy that I've espoused out loud over and over again about sharing everything I learn along the way and, you know, being real and things like that. And I just kind of dropped out for a while. And so there's a big gap in the story. And that gap in the story made room for a lot of things to happen, like growing a baby, realizing a bunch of things about my life, slowing down my pace. All of that happened. Um, But I feel like I'm leaving people out a little bit. I mean, you don't owe anything to the Internet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure the internet will be happy to see you whenever you want to come back. Yeah, well, I mean, they're hearing me right now, so that feels like a good start. I I think that what's interesting is I definitely do have some stuff to share about it. Like, there's, it's a very interesting experience. Yeah, well, what was it like? I mean, the beginning <laughs> the beginning was cool, but the process of being, like, pregnant, pregnant, um, I feel like it's a... Wait, sorry, the beginning of what? Of becoming pregnant. Oh, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, like, do you mean you have a lot to share about being pregnant or about hibernating from the internet or both? Oh, both. I mean, but they're kind of one, of the, one and the same to me. It's felt like a very, like, hibernation, hunkering down kind of mode which has been interesting as spring and summer have unfolded um what have you learned i'm out of the habit of packaging my learnings um what have i learned i've learned that some things just take time like there were lots of changes that i wanted to accelerate and happen as fast as possible like relationships that I wanted to shift or, you know, habits that I wanted to start or mindsets that I wanted to change. And I could try and try and try, but somehow the thing that seemed to work the best was just intending to change and then doing nothing about it. And then eventually it changes. (laughs) Yeah. Weird. Weird how like Sometimes, I mean, we always have a lot of agency, but like sometimes we just, we really don't have control over like when and how things will happen. Yeah. And the thing I've been saying about pregnancy is that it definitely changes my relationship to time. I mean, it's both this long experience, 40 weeks, and this very short experience. You go from nothing to human child in less than a year. That's remarkable. Yeah, it's really weird. If you think about it relative to work, like it's it's like just over it, it's basically three quarters, <laughs> you know, like yeah. three work quarters and you could have a whole new being. This is like the ultimate like um <laughs> like uh you you start a project you you have a vision for it and like it definitely ships right (laughs) well not definitely though that's one of the hard things about it is that there's so much parallel along the way you know 
Um, and I know a lot of people who've had sort of perilous pregnancies and, you know, I've been very close to that experience. And I think that it's hard to totally take it for granted, but you also can't be um, fearful every moment like, oh, this is conditional up until the moment that they're born because it's actually conditional after they're born too. Like human life is just sort of precious and fragile. So Mm -hmm. I think that just getting used to like, it's never guaranteed, but you you can be excited about it anyway and then you can be heartbroken if something happens yeah it and this aspect of like things just certain things just keep moving forward mm-hmm. no, no matter kind of like i don't know like the baby just keeps growing right yeah week over week um, and like you don't have to like will it to keep growing Right. And, you know, whenever I've talked with one of my growth-oriented friends lately about, um, you know, how I feel like I'm being lazy or relaxing or going very slow, they're like, you're like making a human. And uh, that is so weird to have in the background. It's so weird to just like every day, no matter what, I'm making like one few hundredth of a human (laughs) or like the human is making itself inside of me which is almost weirder yeah um could we kind of uh zoom out to the before Mm -hmm. and like they the decision to have kids like I think a big question for this episode is should we have kids um what has that decision process been like for you? Well, in my case, it wasn't mm, like it wasn't that much of a decision. We we did decide. My husband and I did decide to like try, you know. So yeah. uh, there was some intention, but I think that from the time we started dating, um, we both expressed to each other that kids were a thing we wanted and because we both wanted them we didn't have to explain it that much you know it was it was not that intensive a process of like here's why to have kids I think that um I just wanted them which is like a it's not that surprising um it's not that surprising but I think that when I think about what I expect to happen with having kids I expect it to be just a singular experience it's both like a singular experience and a very common experience um and I think that being able to uh because we turned out to be able to have kids um you know I I just I don't know I think that if we'd had I think that if we'd had more roadblocks we would have had to be more methodical but this is sort of the rare just because <laughs> decision in my life. Wow. Wow. I I get very excited when we have a should we question where the answer is like really different for mm-hmm. both of us. I mean, there's a lot of should we questions where the answer is just yes. And right. the whole rest of the episode <laughs> is us just like telling stories. Celebrating about the yes, yes you know, yeah. like debriefing the yes yeah and I mean I think that um your way of being around this that like it wasn't even really a question for you should we have kids it was just a given 
it's something that at times I've been jealous of people who have such certainty around it. Um, and in most of my life, I'm really connected to like what I want. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, we've talked about this before. Like I love thinking about desire and and fulfillment. What what will make help me feel fulfilled? And like I've, what can I make my best guess about now that when I am. 100 years old and reflecting back I will feel like I lived a fulfilling life the question of kids is like a giant question mark and I'm like that's not fair I always know what I want with everything else Um, and there have been periods of time where I wasn't thinking about it at all I definitely wasn't a person who was like growing up being like I want to have kids one day obviously I'll have kids when I'm a grown-up no um but there have just been like these brief spurts where all of a sudden I would just become obsessed with the idea I would just be like I must have kids I gotta like design my whole life around making sure that this can happen um and then it was the question it would just like disappear Mm -hmm. or it would shift to like definitely not and the definitely not has had like a lot of different shades mm. for me that I didn't know if I could trust. Like sometimes the definitely not was like, I don't trust that I could be a good parent. I don't trust that I could be even like a mediocre parent because mm-hmm. at, you know, whatever point I I didn't feel like I was taking great care of myself and I would be like how can I take care of another human if I can't take care of myself um I think there there were like lots of um, fears and and second guessing um and so then I was like well but I know that's just like a uh an inner that's my inner critic right so I shouldn't trust it so does that mean yes but but I was like, I don't know, though. I don't know. I can't hear beyond my inner critic. So then I was like, it was like whack-a-mole. Get rid of that one. A new one will pop up. Or other ones that are like, that doesn't really seem like an inner critic. Maybe that's actually myself. Hmm. It was really hard to figure out what was myself. Um, and then uh, something that happened recently was that you recommended this book to me, Motherhood by Sheila Hetty. That's right. Diana, thank you for recommending this book. Um, I would definitely recommend it to anyone who is wrestling with the question of motherhood. And ultimately, I found this book to be a massive revelation. A massive revelation. I read the entire thing on a flight. (laughs) And it felt like I boarded the plane one person (laughs) with one uh, perspective on this question, which is just like this question of should I be a mother is like weighing me down. Mm. It's stressing me out. I feel like miserable and lost about it. Um, And then I got off the plane and I was like, I'm cool. I'm (laughs) fine. This is like... 
I'm just going to snooze that question, and I actually feel fine about that. Whoa. Of course I wanted to snooze the question before, but it's not. It's like easier said than done. Well, yeah, and the amazing thing about that book is that it's essentially a whole book of should we. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it's fiction, right? Is it? Yeah, I yeah. think. <laughs> I think. I don't even care, but it just felt... I'm reading this book and I'm like, how did she know? How did she get in my head and write down all the thoughts? Some of the thoughts that have I've articulated to myself and some thoughts that I were there but I hadn't even articulated. It's exhaustive and a little exhausting to read, but in its exhaustiveness, like it fulfills the dream of what if you worried about everything and then you had clarity? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what else to say about this book except that it was a huge gift to me. And, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about motherhood right now thanks to that book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a part of it that you had uh, singled out that has stuck with me, too, that's about, you know, motherhood as or like parenthood as this experience that is essential for understanding the human condition because it's this, you know, unparalleled form of love or something. Oh, yeah. So one of the, (laughs) I want to say one of the biggest things I've worried about, but I I don't know. I hope this doesn't reflect poorly on me, (laughs) but it's, I just would have this question I couldn't shake of like, if I don't choose to become a parent can I still be a great writer? For many of our listeners, that question probably makes no sense. It's a nonsensical question. But it was a question for me. Like, am, I guess there are a lot of things in my life, a lot of decisions I've made where I was like, this matters to me and this is, this is going to be great to write about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's that I think of life as as a creative practice Mm -hmm. like I want to I want to be I want my life to be something I created with purpose and that brings something good to the world and I want to make something else of it Mm -hmm. something more tangible than just the life I'm living like books and so yeah I'm like but then I but if I don't choose to become a parent, then I can't write about about the the tenuous line between life and death. <laughs> and like what is the experience of like giving birth? I think that was like a big thing in my head. Like, am I just shutting off there there's this book I was gonna write if I did that, but if I don't, I can't write that book. I have to write a different one and maybe that book won't be as interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's especially interesting because I think both of us are, it's hard to tell the difference between us sometimes, but (laughs) certainly I've been doing a lot of reading about uh, motherhood. And one of the books I read was by Megan O'Connell, and now we have everything. And that's an example of a book where Megan decide, you know, has a kid. and uh, and then has complicated feelings about it. And all of the moms in all of my social network feeds that I still read, which is only Instagram, 
were like, ah, oh, this speaks to my experience. Like, this is me. You know, I'm so glad someone finally documented this, uh, this lens on the experience. And so it does seem like this just super intense human experience to become a parent. At the same time, there are lots of super intense human experiences. Yeah. Also, no one would ever be like, men can't be great writers because they can't give, they don't give birth. Right. Right. What? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, is why, this is why it's great to have people in our lives like friends, therapists, coaches to whom we voice the things that seem obvious in our minds and then we can unpack them and be like is that really true Mm -hmm. no No. (laughs) but also I think what I learned from reading that book um and and being with the question right now was like oh I really want to write books Mm -hmm. (laughs) regardless of whatever other choices I make Obviously, if if I relate this question so deeply to writing books and every other decision in my life, I mean, this podcast is about the everyday choices that make us. And the meta question for me is, what's the story I'm going to tell about it? Probably in the form of a book. Yeah, I, I mean, that's so amazing because it shows that the thing you hold constant as the the thing against which you measure all other decisions is probably the only thing you need to hold constant. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. What never changes for me. Yeah. It, interesting because our last episode was, should we change everything? Mm-hmm. The thing that never changes is I want to write books. It's never changed since the beginning of my consciousness. <sighs> that is so cool. Well, I better get cracking. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, there's this other question related that I kind of want to talk about. Um, and I'm like, I'm trying to formulate the transition because it makes total sense in my head. Mm -hmm. Okay, bear with me. Um, the question is like, should we buy maternity clothes? (laughs) And, um, okay. It, the the thing that's rolling around in my head is um, uh, basically for for you um, uh, because your answer to should we uh, have kids is yes. Next question: Should we perform motherhood? Should mm. we perform pregnancy? And um, by the way, just what are you wearing? <laughs> Well, performing pregnancy is a really interesting way to put it because something I didn't realize about pregnancy until I was pregnant is that you don't look pregnant for most of it. For most of the time, it is a secret whether you want it to be or not, uh, or it can be a secret if you dress in appropriately drapey clothing. So I think some people do do that in order to protect themselves from sort of limited opportunities at the workplace once people figure out what's going on. Um, There's also a great um, story about a remarkable feminist author. I can't remember which one right now, but I'll put some links in the show notes who um, uh, like the world didn't know she was pregnant and then had a kid like her kid was like a toddler or something 
and then and she's like a famous writer and she writes about all kinds of feminist issues and then like all of a sudden it was like some journalists were like oh wait wait you had a kid but like (laughs) when and don't you have anything to say about that and her response was like i didn't want to perform pregnancy for all of you (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's really interesting because i think that uh, one of the things I've really loved about performing pregnancy is that uh, you get all these conspiratorial, very honest uh, sidebar conversations with uh, with strangers, basically, like um, not quite strangers, but actually also strangers, like basically anyone I meet who figures it out or who I mention I'm pregnant to has a story and some advice. And then they tell me not to take anyone's advice. So Anyway, I have decided to uh, share it with the people around me and not yet share it with the internet. Uh, it hasn't been a super methodical decision. It's just what felt right. Um, but, uh, you know, my wardrobe did not work. You know, the wardrobe I had uh, did not work for a growing uh, a growing abdomen. Yeah, like how are you feeling about your sheath dresses right about now? Uh, well, I could never wear sheath dresses because of my shape. So, you know, I, I don't really have any sheath dresses. But, oh, okay, great. Um, interestingly, I did try to wear one of my sort of fit and flare dresses uh, to uh, my anniversary dinner the other night. And at first I was like, you can barely tell, you know, you can barely tell I'm pregnant. This totally fits. And then when I sat down at dinner, I was like, (laughs) 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 and so like maternity clothing, it's interesting to frame it as maternity clothing because, uh, there's like a whole industry, um, and the industry is torn between, uh, the two sides of this is temporary. So just buy some inexpensive shapeless things and get over it. Um, or this is a precious time in your life. And, you know, why wouldn't you treat yourself like a precious gem by buying pregnancy specific clothing? I guess there's also a third arm that's like, why even wear maternity clothes? Just buy, you know, designer clothing that happens to have a shape that accommodates a growing belly. Mm-hmm. So and and there are some like I, one company I know of in that last category is Tilden, mm-hmm. where they kind of curate just clothing that is not considered maternity clothing. It's just clothing that adapts easily to changing bodies and is meant to last you. Yes, I spend a lot of time on that website. Um uh, largely thanks to the gift certificate you gave me, which I'm still musing over how to best deploy. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, by the way, uh, I'm like really into the question of like uh-huh. maternity clothes. Like what are the possibilities for to to um, adorn the body <laughs> when the canvas is such an exciting dynamic thing (laughs) oh it's a fabulous question well I think what it's revealing to me is that I'd really boxed myself in uh fashion wise and sort of clothing shape wise to a very narrow silhouette Um, I'm not like a super narrow person but I had really narrowed the range of things that I wore to be quite um I would say like it's not like tight 
Unforgiving. Unforgiving. I was wearing a lot of unforgiving clothing. That's such the perfect word, Lisa. It was all unforgiving. And now that I'm, uh, you know, right now I'm wearing like a soft, loose tank with a soft, like, shawl sweater um, with maternity jeans that have like built in elastic panels instead of front pockets. Okay, here's the question. Should we all wear maternity <laughs> jeans? Uh, I think it's a great idea. They're awesome. They're so forgiving. That's the thing. Why this... isn't all clothing like that? <sighs> well, and it can be. That's basically Eileen Fisher's whole game. So, I mean, I think we've discussed Eileen Fisher in past yeah. episodes. I legit have some Eileen Fisher pieces now, and I get it. They work for all seasons of life. Yeah, right. Why... Why isn't this more common or like, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's it's a revelation to me. I feel, oh, one time years ago, I decided I was going to start running. Ugh, that was an <laughs> interesting decision. My first step was I'm going to go buy running stuff. <laughs> like, And I went and got some running shorts. And I was like, these are why are these so comfortable? I mean, most athleisure is like pretty comfortable, right? But I was like, oh, these are so soft and I want to wear them all the time. They have like built-in underwear and they're like it's so stretchy. Then I figured out they were maternity <laughs> running shorts. Like what even is that? But also why aren't all running shorts like that? Seriously, it just seems like cruelty to withhold all this forgiveness from people's bodies yeah so maybe my question right now is like should i just wear maternity <laughs> clothes already i Why would wait? say you can't really go wrong especially on tilden they show many of the pieces on pre and post uh pregnancy bodies so great i think you can pull it off yeah so so you are experiencing now a soft silhouette mm-hmm. on the outside a more forgiving silhouette mm-hmm. um does it affect your insight at all your internal experience oh yeah for sure i mean i think that one of the hard things to realize has been that the lack of forgiveness in my clothing um uh did uh did give me a little bit of comfort like I think that uh, there's it's really funny uh, I think it's at Lululemon they talk about the different compression degrees of their uh, of their pants and yeah. one of them is like like soothingly soothingly tight or something like uh-huh. the most extreme one basically says like it feels good to be ensconced um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so like I think that the looser my clothing the more I'm like, uh, I alternate between feeling totally at home and like totally on high alert because there's sort of mm. nothing, there's no guardrails. Okay, I have an idea about like an ideal combination, at least for myself right now. I think the ideal combination is snug things as the bottom layer, mm-hmm. Be- feeling hugged. Yes, and that's held. what it, that was the language. Yes, yeah. hugged and held. Yeah, and then the top layer. Is forgiving. Mm-hmm. This is like the perfect com- combo because then you can feel like really safe and held like on for the inside mm-hmm. and then for the outside like um, uh, spacious. 
I think that's great. I would love to be comfortable in like pure, airy. Oh, it's interesting that I use the word pure. That's usually a hint that there's some sort of like judgment at play. But I think I would love to feel comfortable in just like pure softness. Yeah. Yeah. And and so now you have a lot of softness on you and like it's complicated, I guess. Yeah. And it's com- I would say it's complicated, but mostly awesome. Okay. So worth it. Great. Thank you. Um, I feel even more encouraged that I might as well get started now Mm -hmm. with maternity (laughs) wear. Why wait? (laughs) Anything else you would like to say in this episode? Uh, Well, your story about running shorts reminded me of the time that I think I bought like a blue checkered... um, overall shorts combo uh as a child out of the maternity section at target (laughs) (laughs) okay that sounds amazing Uh should you wear something like that again (laughs) (laughs) who knows it may still be in the box (laughs) (laughs) uh okay well um i think it's time to say thank you yeah thank you to women's audio mission for being a great home for us yeah and thank you to our listeners, um, humans and bots both. <laughs> Should you tune in next time? We'll leave that to you. Mm-hmm.